to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Acts 27, the chapter before, so that's where we're going to preach out of today. Acts 27 instead of Acts 28. But there are some things we just need to shake off in our life. Yes, hallelujah. Some things we just need to shake off. Sometimes that involves people too. Yeah, hallelujah. I told you the other week, somebody said, why don't you hang out no more because I don't want to. Because you're a viper. Hallelujah. I didn't tell them that, but, you know, I told myself there was a reason. Hallelujah. Some people can't handle the truth. And so wisdom will tell you just to sometimes keep your mouth quiet and not tell them everything. I know some of y'all will say, well, it's, it's, uh, it's not right to be, un- uh, to not to be honest. No, I'm just not telling everything. And so some people just aren't mature enough to be able to hear the real truth. If you laid it out for them. Yes. How many of you know sometimes we've gotten ourselves in more trouble by just being completely, bluntly honest, amen? But so sometimes you just can't tell them everything. Don't mean you're lying. It just means they're, they're not ready to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I found myself over the last couple of weeks feeling, feeling really heavy. I mean really heavy, on the verge of like an oppression. Sometimes I've even felt it creep up in service. And at times I've, the, 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 the inner me wants to sometimes just stop everything, pray, rebuke the devil. And then I would always hear like the enemy or, or, or the Lord just say, no, like, like, don't do it. Don't do it for him. Where I would be in a situation, talk with someone and you could feel just the enemy at work. And I'd want to try to address it. And the, and the Lord would just say, uh, nope, nope, not, not really now. In, in the midst of it, at times just feeling consumed and even overwhelmed. Some of you might understand what I'm talking about. Sometimes even sleepless and just restless. Just, just not rested, just not sleep, not worried about nothing, not, not, not anxious about anything, just, just not restful. I, 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 had to, I wasn't in the office one day this week, and I told Pastor Donnie this the other day, I said, I just needed a day to just wrap my head around some stuff and to try to make some decisions and to try to zero in. And I said, don't you know, I, I can't even get that day. Like, like the enemy will just come in. And so it continued with the restless. It continued with the sleeplessness. And then finally, just the other night after just something happened that I just, I just thought for real, like if it could get any worse. And, and I just so bad wanted to sleep. Anybody ever get so tired? You just cried. Like you were just so tired. You were so weary. You just sort of like just the smallest of thing was just upsetting the apple cart. Come on. Okay, just three of us are honest today. The rest of you are all liars and going to go to hell for it. Uh, but but uh, listen to me. Sometimes it can be just one thing that sort of, it just, it, 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 it what upsets the apple cart. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And you were just like, for real, why now? And in the moment, you, you know, your heart's racing. You're, you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to figure this one out? How am I going to get through this? And then after the fact, you realize, you know, this could be actually the best thing that ever happened. How the Bible says that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Yeah, it, it's hard while living it, but it's true. Yes. But in the midst of all this, I've been, sometimes it's easy to be distracted and looking at what's 
but isn't working and not and and it's easy not to praise enough for what God is doing and yet acknowledging that progress is being made. The enemy often wants us to be able to look at what isn't working, what's not operating correctly, what's not going right and 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 we we don't often celebrate enough what is working for us. What what God is doing for us. And so what what I begin to realize this week is that God is working really hard trying to position you and I. Uh-huh. There's been a lot of change. In fact, before church, back in the back, a word came forth that said that God was uh, moving us up. Another, another way of looking at that is God's changing positions. Our position's changing. And anytime you try to change a location, it can be a little chaotic at times. And so I want you to, uh, to just have that in the back of your mind that, that kind of maybe some of the things you're experiencing and enduring right now is just God trying to, to change where you're at. He's trying to move you from one place to the next or, or move you into the next. Amen. Sometimes we pray for God to do more. And then when God does things to start moving us in that way, we, we don't like it very much. Hallelujah. So he's trying to position us, trying to position us. You've heard me say a thousand times, it, sometimes it's just easier for you and I to be pitiful than it is to be powerful. Sometimes we get really consumed by what's not working in our life. Come on. Some of us know people that are just so negative, they, they wouldn't know a praise if it slapped them in their forehead. You, you know what I mean? I, there are some people I've seen in church that they'll watch everybody else praise God, and they sit there like a bump on a log, like like misery. They, they are the definition of misery. I mean, you look in, uh, miserable, and their face is in the dictionary. They're just miserable. They're depressed. Uh, they just bring an aura about them. You know what I'm talking about? There are some people, I've watched them walk in church and you can just feel the atmosphere change because they showed up. You go to dinner with them. They walk in your family's house, whatever it may be. There are some people like that because they just enjoy being more pitiful than they do powerful. Amen. That, that just, that's just who they are. And so it, sometimes it's just easier. It's easier for them to be petty than it is to give praise. For some people, some people say, I just don't know what's wrong with me. You petty. Because you're too hung up on yourself. We're going to get to the word in a moment. But sometimes what our real problem is, is we're just so consumed about us and what's not working instead of being able to identify what is working. That's what we're going to be able to identify in this text today is sometimes we can just surrender ourselves to everything that is not working instead of acknowledging what is working, what God is trying to do and what he has already said. See, I've come to the realization, even when I've been on the verge of just giving up, throwing my hands in the air, giving up on a circumstance or situation, I've come to the realization, Ramona, that I have to praise God as long as I'm not dead, because as long as I'm not dead, then I know that God ain't done. Amen. That's why I was saying earlier in in the service that sometimes we just got to praise him anyhow. That's why sometimes you just need to get over yourself and what you, how you think you might feel and just realize if I'm still breathing, that means God's not done. Yeah, see, if, if someone's, even if they're hooked up to machines and barely living in the ICU, the very fact that they're living means God's not done, amen? The very fact that you are still here, and so you need to be able to hold on to that to be able to encourage yourself that you're not going to be, be pitiful, but you're going to choose to be powerful because it means God's not done yet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the only reason that the enemy attacks, uh, you've heard me say, thieves don't rob empty vaults. I know none of y'all have ever stole anything. I, I know we're all, we're all just great. I know none of us have ever been thieves. But, but, but you know, those of you that, that would acknowledge you, you said, well, I've stole some a time or two. And, and so if you have, you know, you never rob something that's empty. 
you know. I'm not going to go to no clothes bank. If I'm robbing a bank, honey, it's going to be a big bank. I know a bank that's got money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I probably shouldn't say that. Lord, forgive me. Oh, Jesus. If I'm going to rob a house, it won't be on the poor side of town. It's going to be on the other side of town. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to make it worth my while. That way, at least if I get caught, it'd be worth it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to understand that the only reason that often we get attacked or the enemy attacks us is there's some sort of value. We're all the time getting stuck on ourselves and we ask why. It means that there's some kind of value. How many have ever said, why has my life been so hard? You have to be, begin to recognize that there is some type of value that the enemy is trying to rob from you to get you to the point that you'll ignore it and you'll give up and you'll stop pursuing it. That's what you have to begin to recognize in you. The thieves don't rob empty vaults. Hallelujah. There's value in you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so all the things that's been going on, we'll get to this text, all the things that's been going on, I recognize that God is trying to do something new. I've recognized it in the church. I've recognized it in me. My, my focus is, is not in, on the things it used to be, but it's had to shift and change and evolve. And I'm in more meetings with the city than I am my, my, myself and church stuff and, and being called upon for more things. And I, and I find myself getting frustrated at times, but I realized in order for God to do something new, God has to disrupt what is normal. Yes, God has to disrupt what is normal. And while we say we want God to change something, what often is the truth is we're not ready for what God will do to bring the disruption, to change you from the normal. Hallelujah. Boy, oh boy, I don't know. Today, maybe I'll have to preach the eyebrows off your face or something. I don't know. Too quiet in here. I don't know. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Turn to Acts 27 if you didn't already. Hallelujah. We're going to pick up in a portion of text that Paul had been in prison after he was ministering to a woman who was a fortune teller. And the people of the world, they were celebrating her because they liked her. They liked being able to go to her. She, she met their needs. And so when they saw Paul beginning to minister to, who, to her, they got an attitude. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people get attitudes when they see God starting to do something in your life. And so people were starting to get an attitude because they, they, the, the enemy kind of came into her life like a thief in the night. The enemy sort of came into the situation like a thief in the night. He sort of showed up unexpectedly and started causing some issues for, for Paul. And so he shows up often in, in ways and even through people we had never intended. How many of you know sometimes the enemy will show up in people in your inner circle? Mm -hmm. Sometimes the enemy will show up through someone in church. Because not, not everybody in here is listening to the same spirit. I'm going to say it again. Not everybody in here is listening to the same spirit. Not everybody is being influenced by Holy Spirit. Amen. 
uh, not everybody is listening to the same thing. I, there are there are churches that have witchcraft going on in them. I mean, there are some people I don't want near me. Get your lazy, unanointed hands off of me. Amen. There are just some people you don't want praying over you. Hallelujah. They're weird. They're, they do things that aren't even scriptural. Amen. They're, they're claiming things that you don't never find in the Word of God anywhere. No, no, no. Don't, don't touch me, witch. Don't touch me. I'm not going to be your voodoo doll. Hallelujah. We, we, we chuckle, but it's true. It's totally true. I've always had a standing rule. I don't let just nobody lay hands in this church ever. If someone tries to lay hands out of line, you'll get called out, probably embarrassed for it. Because until I know you for sure, I don't like you laying hands on people that God has placed under my authority. So as I don't want you putting nothing funky on them, I don't need them trying to commit suicide or having any other problem beyond what they're already dealing with. Just just let me deal with it. Amen. Hallelujah. And if I've released you to lay hands, and we'll let you go pray for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we've seen people. I took people to a big revival. I took a whole bus of people down to Florida. We were on our way back and one of the chaperones that were with me, she ended up, there was over five, uh, about 5,000 people there. And it was one of the times I had to preach down there at this conference. We were on our way back and I noticed something was wrong. And I had a whole van load I was on my way driving back 22 hours. I got as far as from Florida. I got as far as Atlanta, Georgia, and I couldn't take it anymore. She was acting weird, acting strange, saying weird stuff, like just being odd. And I just thought, okay, this is not good. So I I was on the beltway around Atlanta. Finally, I text one of the cars behind me, and I said, y'all got to pull over with me. We have a problem. We get out. I stop at a gas station just off the beltway in the heart of Atlanta. If you've ever been to Atlanta, it can be a scary place. And so, I mean, we didn't have any choice. I just said, God, you A, have to protect us, and B, you got to deal with this devil because I'm too tired. i got to drive 22 hours, and I don't have the energy to deal with no devil up in the car. And so we stopped. We pulled off of the gas station. I pulled right along the grass, went back, told the other car. I said, I think she picked up something whilst we were there. They said, what do you mean? I said, there was a spirit at work. I said, she's in there acting crazy, banging on the dash, talking about weird stuff. I said, I don't know what's going on, but somebody or somehow she picked up a spirit and keeps talking about some country named Nepal. So I knew right away when she said that, I knew just based on what I knew and my knowledge that this woman, some kind of spirit of witchcraft was, was, was hindering her. We got her out. I'm telling you, we got her out. I left some people in the van. We got her out. I got the, the other leaders that were with me. Thank God I had some people that knew how to pray. And there were about five other leaders with me. And, and we right there outside this gas station started laying hands, praying, and rebuking the devil. I'm telling you, it was something. I, I know God was like covering us because if anybody of the world would have seen us, they probably thought we all had lost our mind. But I mean, we had to deal with the devil. I mean, the devil will show up in strange places and strange ways. And so I know the Lord protected us. But right there in the middle of downtown Atlanta, in the parking lot gas station, the parking lot of a gas station, we were dealing with the devil spiritual stuff. And why? Because someone laid hands on her and a spirit transferred and the devil w- went to work and brought such disruption. Thereafter, she, we took her through counseling for like three to six months, something like that, because of what disruption it had brought in her mind, how it had distorted her, even though we dealt with the initial. I'm trying to tell you that there's a spiritual battle work and it is real. I don't say that to scare you. I'm just telling you the greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. But you and I need to know what we're dealing with. The spirit realm is real. And so if you try dabbling in stuff that is of the devil, just you're bringing it on yourself. I don't know who I'm talking to or why. God even had me bring that up. But I'm telling you, I don't mess with the devil because I know that it is real. Yeah. 
I don't mess. The whole way home, the next 22 hours, she slept sound. Sound, because the enemy had tormented her so much. Her body couldn't handle it. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, be careful who you let pray for you. Be careful. I don't go to just any church. If they do stuff that's unscriptural, I don't go. We get invites through the website constantly. People always want me to preach somewhere. No. I don't know you. You're all weird. You talk about weird stuff. It's not in the Bible. I'm not coming to your flaky church. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? Protect your spirit is what I'm saying. If you don't know them, don't let them lay hands on you. I, uh, that was all for free. That's not even part of the message. Amen. Glory to God. Serious stuff. Serious stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at this word. Hallelujah. Shake it off. Acts 27. Let's start in verse 20. Ah. Look at this. Since neither son, I, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified today. I, I never do, but I like the Amplified. I like the Amplified Bible for Bible study purposes. Uh, and so I'm, but I'm going to read it today because the way it lays out is great, so it's easy to understand for everybody. But watch how it says it. It says, since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small storm kept raging about us, from then on, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. Anybody ever been through something that it just gradually sucked the life out of you? Gradually changed your opinion? I mean, you know, just gradually wore you down? Amen. Something bad can happen and it won't immediately affect you, but over the course of time. There are some people, they'll just gradually wear me down. Mm-hmm. All the wives say amen today. Hallelujah. Your husband can just gradually wear you down. Amen. Financial trouble, it can just gradually wear you down. All kinds of things. Gradually wear you down. Watch this. Verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food because of seasickness and stress, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have followed my advice and should have not set sail from Crete and brought on this damage and loss. Oh, my. Now, understand something. We're going we're gonna to pick up with the reading. But Paul, he was on the boat. He's headed to Rome to stand trial for something he had done when he was still sort of of the world. Before he got saved. Before he was on the road to Damascus. In other words, some of us right now are paying the price and dealing with the consequences of stuff we did before I got right with God. You know what I'm talking about? In my past. See, a few of us will acknowledge the fact we have a past. Sometimes your past will catch up with you. You've been living for God for a while, but still it'll creep back up, especially our court system. You, you could have gotten in trouble eight years ago, and you're just now going to court because that's how bad it is. And it looks like you're some heathen still. No, you've been living for God. It's just they finally caught up to you. They're finally going to try to make you pay the fines and go to jail or whatever or put an ankle monitor on you because you were that was when you were acting cray-cray. That was when you were, you were thinking out... Uh, of the world. That's when you were running and doing your own thing. That's what happened to Paul. Paul has been living for God. He, he, he had his encounter on the road to Damascus. He's been preaching the gospel. He, but he got in trouble when he was trying to kill Christians. 
Yeah, he was trying to murder the very people he's now ministering to. And so now he's having to go to court because they're saying, hey, you're a murderer. And so he's having to go to Rome to face uh, to go to court for what he had done before to face these consequences, something he did before before getting right with God. Hallelujah. His past was catching up with him. Thank you, Lord. And here he is, gets up on the boat and basically says, I told you also. Anybody ever know some people that have ever just they're one of those. They're always like, I told you. They're always right, right? I told you, I told you you shouldn't have done that. I told you we shouldn't have come here. Amen. They always, they always do that. And so pick up in verse 22, after he says, you should have followed my advice. He says, but even now I urge you to keep up your courage and be in good spirits because there will be no loss of life among you, but only loss of the ship. We're on a boat in the middle of, uh, of the water. A storm is approaching, and, and now Paul's saying, you should have listened to me. You should have listened to me, but he's saying, hey, th- this big storm we see moving in, don't fear. You- you're going to live, but we are going to lose the boat. <laughs> uh, sometimes God has just a sense of humor, if you can understand uh, anything about what that might be like, being out in the middle of the ocean and him saying, God's speaking to you. Oh, you're going to live, but the boat won't. Uh-huh. Yeah. Watch this. You should have listened to me, he says. You should have listened to me. For this very night, an angel of of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me and said, stop being afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has given you the lives of all those who are sailing with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I believe God and have complete confidence in him that I will turn out exactly as I have been told. But we must run the ship aground on some island. <clears throat> just pause right there for a moment. So Paul is, uh, just explain what we're reading. So Paul gives the men a word and tells them not to be afraid. He tells them that, that, that his, the boat's going to basically break in pieces, that they're going to have to crash it, but don't fear. That's sort of like saying, oh, don't fear. We're in a plane. The plane's going to crash, but you're going to live, right? I mean, yeah, a plane would be falling out of the sky, but, uh, you know, uh, being at a boat crash can be deadly too. And so God's saying to them, hey, your boat's going to fall to pieces. It's going to fragment and break into many, many pieces, and, and it's going to sink. It's going to go away, but you're going to live. Somehow, some way, God's saying, why? Because, Paul, you're on the ship. Because, Paul, I've given you charge over them. Because you're on the ship, they're, they're going to make it. It's, it's all going to be all right. Hallelujah. So he tells them, hey, hey, I want you to be aware of the storm, but don't let it consume you. He's saying, don't be so aware of the storm that you lose awareness of who God is in the storm, basically. How many know you and I can be in trouble and we get so consumed with the fact that we're in trouble that we forget about the God that we serve in the midst of trouble? Can you say amen? That we get really consumed by what's going on around us, by what's not working. That, that's in other words what God was, what this angel was speaking to Paul. Tell them, hey, be aware of the storm. 
don't, don't ignore that there's going to be a problem rising up, but don't get so consumed by what's not working or what's happening in your life that you take your eyes off of me. I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So that's what God is trying to say to him. Remind them of who I am. Remind them, re- remind them that you may not walk on water, but, but you can move forward through this storm. Remind them that, that I'll carry you through. Remind them that I'll be with you. He, he said, remind them not to mistake the presence of the storm to indicate the absence of God. You've heard me say that before. Never indicate the, the, the presence of a storm to indicate the absence of God. God is always with you. Amen. Always with you. That, that's what he said. Remind them of this, that even though you're in the midst of the storm, even though you're going to lose this ship, I am still in your midst. In other words, God is even with you, even in the bad things, even when things are going wrong. Hallelujah. Watch this. Verse, uh, where, where are we at? Verse, uh, lost my place. Jump down. Let, we're going to jump down. Uh, jump down to verse 33. Verse 33. There's about 270 people on board. And so here, here God's speaking. Verse 33. While they waited for the, dawn, the day to dawn, Paul encouraged them all and told them to have some food, saying... This is the 14th day that you have been constantly on watch and going without food, having eaten nothing. 14 days. Some of y'all can't go half a day. They went 14 days. They are tired. They are weary, they are frustrated, and beyond that, they are hungry. They've been going without much sleep, without food. They were afraid and unsure whether to continue to even obey Paul. And so I don't know about you, but when, when you get tired and when you get tired and hungry, you often become cranky and even more miserable. And, and you have the lack of energy, the lack of strength to endure any more stress at all. Amen. When, 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 when multiple things are going wrong, some of you know what I'm talking about. You just get really irritable. I found myself that the other day, so sleep deprived, so hungry, dealing with so many problems. I, I just snapped at somebody and thank God they were a stranger and they didn't know me really because I, I, and then later I just said, Lord, forgive me. I was just not, that was just not nice. That was just not nice at all. I'd said to them, but the point is, is sometimes we will allow everything that's going on to, to pile up. And, and before you know it, we're, we're tired, we're weary, we're, we're stressed out. Amen. We're not a- actually acting ourselves. We don't have the strength that we normally would. Hallelujah. And so we get consumed by it. Now, now watch this. Jump down now to verse 39. We're going to wrap this up right here so we can get right to the message. Verse 39. When day came. They did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the beach. And they decided to run the ship ashore there if they could. So they cut the cables and severed the anchors and left them in the sea, where at the same time, unlatching the ropes of the rudders. And after hoisting the foresail to the wind, they headed steadily for the beach. But striking a reef with waves breaking in on either side. They ran the ship aground. The prow or the forward point stuck fast and remained immovable. 
while the stern began to break up under the violent force of the waves. Before they could ever even reach shore, they hit a reef. And in the middle of the water, the boat began to break up, throwing them into the sea. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. They attempted to, to run it aground. They had tripped, attempted to do it, but, 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 but the force of the wind, the storm itself broke it all apart, broke it up. The Bible says they began to float on pieces of the ship, pieces of the ship. I, I don't know if, if, if any, any of you ever n might know what it's like that sometimes when you're just left with pieces in life, uh -huh, pieces of a situation, pieces of, of dealing with something, but just pieces. The Bible says that they were floating on pieces, just pieces, just fragments. Your translation might say fragments of the ship. Hallelujah. Just, just, just small pieces, just fragments of the ship were, were left intact in, in for them to be able to float upon. So what they were depending on is now just the pieces, just, just the pieces, just the fragments of something. Have you ever had something you depended on, something you relied on breaking pieces? Have you ever had someone you relied on and you really depended upon and now their life was broken in pieces? Uh-huh. Something you really relied on, a situation, a place. Sometimes we've relied on church and then church broke into pieces. Sometimes we relied on marriage and marriage broke in pieces. Amen. Sometimes we relied on people and, and the people broke in pieces. Sometimes we relied on money and money broke in pieces. It could be various things. And here they are. The very thing they were riding on, the very thing that they were depending on is now in pieces. And all they're left to be able to do is hang on to the pieces that are left. Amen. Pieces that are left of what they were dependent on. It reminds me that even if whatever it is breaks in pieces, God can use it for your good. See, See, that's why you and I can't get so discouraged when some things break apart, when some things break into pieces. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You need to be encouraged that even the pieces that are left, God can use for your good. That, that's why Paul tried to encourage them. Hey, he told them, he said, you're going to live, you're not going to die, but this this ship is gone. This ship will not endure. He was trying to prepare them psychologically to get ready for the trauma they were about to endure. It, it can be traumatic if you've ever been in a boat that started going down and taking on water. I don't care how big or how small it is, it, it's a little freaky. Uh-huh. Don't matter if you wear a life preserver or not. I know what it is to be in the yacht trying to swim and you feel something big brush up against your leg. I, I mean, nothing will make you try to walk on water quicker than that. Hallelujah. I mean, right? And so you, you and I need to just find encouragement and, and refuge and strengthen the fact that even when we're dealing with broken pieces in this life, even when we're dealing with broken pieces in this life, that God will use the pieces, that he will always be who he says he will be. He will do what he says he will do. And so the Bible says in this text that we're reading, in the dark of the night, all they had to hold on to were the fragments of the ship that remained. And the word Paul gave them, and the word that Paul gave them, and, and, and that he had heard, that they, and, and when he said to them, I heard from an angel of the Lord, he said, I heard from an angel of the Lord. He says what he's telling the people, stay focused. He said, when I heard of the angel of the Lord, he said, all, the angel told me that all 276 people aboard this ship are going to make it out. 
See, sometimes, yes, we're left with pieces that, that, that all at once. Sometimes, sometimes we're used to having something big and something beautiful, but now I've only got pieces. See, I know what it is in this life to, to have the, the big things of life. I know what it is to, to have big and beautiful things in this life and then suddenly be left with just holding pieces. Paul tried to warn them and say, hey, I don't want you to be so dependent upon this that we're riding on that you're not prepared for the destruction that is to come. That you're not prepared for, for what's coming next that God is going to use for our benefit to accomplish His will that is next. See, see notice that, that the angel came and gave him a word. Hey, you're going to make it out of this, Ramona. But the angel didn't tell him what's next. He didn't tell them where they were going to land. He didn't tell them how they were going to get from there to, to Rome so he could still stand trial. God, there, there was no other instructions. It was just, hey, don't worry about what's about to happen. Instead, be encouraged for, for, for I'm going to bring you through. You're going to live through this. Hallelujah. The angel never said it would be easy, but, but, but he did tell them. He said, hey, you're going to make it. He didn't say it would be easy, but he said they're going to make it. I, I want to tell some of you and remind some of you based off of this word, based off of what this word says as a reminder for you and I, that it's not been easy, but you're going to make it. Nothing you're facing right now may be easy, but you're going to make it. See, there are some things that hasn't been quick, but you're going to make it. You may be tired, but you're going to make it. See, the Lord, I believe, gave me this word, yes, for me this week, but I believe he gave me this word for somebody else, that, that you might be tired, but you're going to make it. It might not be happening very quick, but you're going to make it. You, 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 you may be going without some things right now, but you're going to make it. Hallelujah. You, you might only have a few small pieces that you're holding on to, but the Lord's saying you're going to make it. He, he says you might think that you're going to sink. In other words, but you're going to make it whatever you have to hold on to hold on because in other words you're going to make it are you hearing what i'm trying to tell you today you're going to make it in other words when everything's falling apart the lord says hold on when your dreams are unstable hold on when you're taking on water and breaking into pieces hold on Whenever your life is falling apart, hold on. When all the things are going wrong, you don't need to call your mom. You don't need to call a friend. What you need to do is just hold on. Because see what the Bible says. The Bible says that here's Paul on his way to Rome to face the consequences of his past. And yet here he is, while he's just about to deal with the consequences of his past, he's having to deal with yet another storm. I don't know if anybody else knows what it's like. When you are already facing one really difficult situation, only to be blindsided by another, even if the Lord sent warning, even if he sent caution, sometimes the Lord will send a word to, to let me know what's about to happen. But even when he does that, I'm often not fully prepared for the storm that is coming because I'm not usually expecting it to come in the form that it does. In other words, God will often send me a word when someone's about to betray me, almost always. But, and God did that to me about a year ago. He, he sent a word through, through my spiritual mother. And he, she, said, she said, son, I want you to get ready. Don't, don't be alarmed and don't allow your heart to harden. But there's someone who's about to betray you. 
And so when she gave it, I just thought, okay, okay. When I expected it from one side, it came from the other and it gutted me. You know, the, the kind of gut where you, you thought it would never happen. You kind of thought that they're not the person, they could never do that to you. And so when you're already dealing with one storm like Paul, he's already on the verge. He's, he's on his way to face the consequences of his past. And now here he is doing and being obedient and, 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 and going to go face whatever it is that they do to him for, for committing murder of God's people. And yet in the middle of that, God says, don't be alarmed. Don't, don't worry. I'm, no one's going to die, but, but this storm's coming. And everything that you're holding on to is going to break into pieces, but, but, but you'll live. See, I know what it is to be going through life and be dealing with more than one thing at the, at, at the same time, being, being hit on both sides. Have you ever had a more than one storm to deal with at the same time? Have you ever thought, Lord, if one more thing happens, God, I know that surely recently I've said to God, I've said, God, if one more thing goes wrong, God, if, God, if one more person comes against me. God, if I have one more enemy, God, God, if you pull on me in one more direction or, or, or God, if you don't give me a, one night of rest, I mean, God, if I can't just sleep at least three hours. That's sort of what we're seeing here. They've gone without sleep. 14 days have passed since they've eaten anything. They've been on watch, trying to watch this massive storm that is brewing and waves are crashing against them and nobody can sleep he's already dealing with the stress facing what waits him in Rome and now he's got to deal with the stress of the boat being destroyed and breaking into pieces probably thought God I can't deal with any more stress God I I can't deal with any more trouble. I'm facing trial. I, I don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. But, but now, God, here I am in the middle of the night floating on pieces in the deep of the sea. God, here I am in the middle of a storm being thrashed about and tossed about with the waves. And, and the boat is gone. And I'm hungry. And I'm cold. And I'm tired. And, I'm, God, I'm trying to live for you. God, I'm trying to be obedient. I don't know if anybody else has ever felt like you've been trying to do everything right. And it seems like everything is going wrong. Paul was like that. He's, here he is in the middle of the night, wet and cold, being tossed about by the, the waves of this storm, being thrashed about, hanging onto the broken pieces of the ship. He's still hungry and he's still weary, but he's still giving a word to the men, hang on, hang on. The angel of the Lord spoke to me, hang on. I don't know, but God wants me to encourage somebody to hang on. You may have felt like giving up. You may have felt like just, just rolling over. You may have felt like rolling back over in bed today and not not trying today not coming today but God's trying to remind you today just hang on just hold on you can feel like you're on the verge of giving up you can feel like you're on the verge of letting go but God sent a word to you today to hold on in the midst of whatever you're dealing with because what God as you and I go through often teaches us things about God and it often teaches us things even about other people. I found something out about God. He doesn't do it to torture me, but God will often put your pain on display. 
Have you ever noticed that some of the worst things you've ever lived through, you had to live through publicly? Come on, have you ever noticed that some of the biggest mistakes of your life, it wasn't like they were mistakes that only you know about. They're mistakes that, I mean, put you on display. It hurt lots more people than you. Paul's pain was put on display before the very men he was traveling with. His frustrations put on display. But one other thing, one of the reasons I understand that God allows some things like that to happen to us so publicly is that through our pain, someone else gets to understand God. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? That through our pain, through it, through what they're dealing with right now, watch this. All the people that Paul, all 276 of them that were traveling on the ship with Paul who were now floating in the water with him. He warned him about what was going to happen. He tried to give him a word of, he told him to maintain your courage, stay, stay, keep, stay encouraged despite what's about to happen to us. He puts the, Paul's pain on display so that everyone around him, so that everyone they're about to come in contact with can begin to understand God. In other words, whenever you want to see God show up, look for trouble. I said, anytime you want to see God show up, look for trouble. That's how I know if you just hold on right now, if, if you're in the midst of trouble and you're, if you're in the midst of problems, if you're in the midst of things that aren't going right, all you got to know is if God, to know is if God is going to show up is if there's trouble, look for God. In the midst of this text, there was trouble and God was on the way of just showing up. He was on the way. He was on the way. The Bible even says in Psalms 46, 1, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I said, he's a very present help in trouble. That's how I know that God will use trouble and he will always show up. That's why whenever something's not working in your life, that, that is a recipe for God to show up. That's how I know when things aren't working in my life. It's how I can know and trust that he is on the way. We've been saying that a lot over the last few weeks. He's on the way or that he's in the room. But that's because I believe God is trying to remind you that he is never leaving you and he's never forsaking you. I'm here to tell you if you are in trouble, God is in the midst of your trouble. He is He is, He is. is on the scene. Hallelujah. God isn't like 911 uh, uh, you don't have to wait on them to show up. He's already there. You, you see, what I know about God is, is even though Paul and all 276 people on board, they did not have to wait for God to get there on the scene. But, but he was already on the scene. That's why he had sent a word and said, yeah, the, the ship is going to be destroyed, but you will not be. There will be, listen what he said. He said, there will be no loss of life. Maybe I'm only preaching to myself, but I know what it is when you think you're on the verge of loss of life. I know what it is when you feel like you were so beaten and so weary and so tired and so hungry and so hard pressed on every side where you wonder if even there is enough strength to even breathe. I know what it is when, when you're trying to breathe and it literally feels like you're on the verge of just suffocating. But God had already sent a word to Paul and to these men. He said, there will be no loss of life. In other words, what you're about to face, it will not take you out. 
It will not take you out. That's what God wanted me to tell you today. It, it, this will not take you out. What you're facing right now, it, it, it will not take you out. Hold on. Hold on. Whatever it is that you can grab a hold of, whoever it is that you can need to grab a hold of, it will not take you out. This will not destroy you. It will not destroy you. I hope somebody's hearing me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It will not destroy you. Watch this. The Bible says as the night went on. Finally, after they spent the night being thrashed about through the stormy cold waters, somebody in this room I just heard the Lord say this right here this, this part of the text this is this is the word for somebody in this room that you have been you, you, you can relate it's like you've endured the stormy night in the water you've been tired and you've been weary hungry wondering when it's going to be over Wondering if you'll ever make it to shore. Wondering if you're ever going to get to a place of stability again. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Wondering if you're ever, your feet's ever going to touch the ground again. I know, I know what it is to live with such uncertainty. But this is the part of the word that clearly, absolutely is for somebody. I, I heard the Lord say it just audibly in my ear just now. That as the night went on, and finally as the sun began to come up, they could see that they were swimming towards shore. That's the word for somebody, that, that, that the storm that you've been in the midst of, the uncertainty that you've been surrounded by, God wants you to know that, that you, you are within sight of the shore. In other words, you are within sight of stability. You are, you are within sight of safety. You are, you are within sight. You are with just a short distance away from, from, from where you need to be. You're, you're almost there. You're almost there. That's why you need to keep holding on. That's why you need to keep to, to grab a hold of, with, of whomever and whatever you can to know that God is for you. He is not against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I'm going to summarize it just for the sake of time. The Bible says that Paul had just made it to shore. He just made it. He made it. As I start just sensing the presence of the Holy Spirit fill this room, I want you to know you just made it. You just made it. I, I want you to find refuge and strength just in the fact that you've made it. I, I don't know if any of you, those of you who've ever been to the beach, you know what it is when you get out kind of deep and it can be eerie because you can't feel your feet aren't touching anything. But the further you come into shore, you know what it is. There's some kind of comfort in knowing I, my, my feet are touching sand again. That, 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 that's what God wants you to know. Some of you, you're coming back into the, a, a place of safety. You're coming back into shore. Watch this. Watch this. You, you've just made it. You've just made it. You've just made it. Yes, you might be out of breath. 
Yes, you, 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 you might have been a, you might have been abandoned by some of your countrymen, like like Paul was. You you might have been ostracized by some people. Hey, some of us we've even been criticized by others. Some we might even be weary and we might even be weak. I might be out of all my resources. I might have had to watch everything that I owned, everything that I had of value, sink in the water, even with my ship. Because see, some of you in here this morning. You know what it was to have everything. But right now you're in a place where you have almost nothing. But what God is saying, I'm trying to bring you to the safety of the shore. Safety of the shore where you can rely on, rely on the resources that I'll provide for you. I was testifying to a, to a friend of mine. I know what it is to have four and five cars at a time. And I know what it is to, to be able to pick whichever one you want to jump in and drive. I, I know what it is to live in the rich neighborhood of town, but I also know what it is to live on the poor side of town. I know what it is to have lots and I know what it is to declare bankruptcy. I know what it is to have any car that I want to be able to drive and to have all of them repoed at the same time. I know what it is to, to feel good and feel healthy and I know what it is to be sick in my body. I know what it is when people love you and I know what it is when people hate you. I know what it is when you're being celebrated by others and then I know what it is when people are just tolerating you. See, I, I want you to know God is God understands where you've been and God says, I know you've been in these uncertain places at dealing with the storms of life, but God says, I'm bringing you to a place of stability. I'm bringing you back to the shore. I know you've been through some stormy times. I know you have, but you just made it. You just made it. You just made it. You just made it. I'll never get through all of this message. So watch this. If we were to jump to the next chapter. Chapter 28. The Bible says after they made it to shore. What I love about God is. The Bible says that the natives of the island of Malta showed all 276 people favor. Notice it says the natives, people of another ethnicity, people of other ways, people that didn't believe like them, people that didn't look like them, the Bible says as they saw them approaching, the Bible says that the, that the natives of this island showed them favor. Notice Malta was not where they intended to go. Remember, they needed to get to Rome. Paul got to stand trial. But Malta was not where they intended to go. But, but little did they know Malta was part of the plan of God for them. That's why I said in a moment, you'll, you'll understand more why God will often put your pain on display. So the Bible says that Paul's countrymen, before the chapter that we, where we picked up reading, that Paul's countrymen had abandoned him. His friends had even ostracized him. And God now sends him to Malta, to a place where these people showed him favor. The Bible says they showed him favor by building him a fire to help to get him to be warm and dry from the cold and the rain. And what I love about the fact that some people that don't even know them, 
Some people that don't look like them, some people that don't worship like them, some people that, 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 that appear to be different. The very fact that, that, that he had a problem, that these 276 men had a problem was a sign that God had a provision. This is why I'm telling you that when things start going wrong in your life, don't, don't lose courage. Don't lose your mind. Don't allow yourself to become frustrated because God already knew before he ever sunk the ship. God said, I know there's a people on an island called Malta. And I've already spoken to them and they're going to show favor for you and they're going to build a big fire and they're going to prep some food and they're going to allow you to get dry and they're going to allow you to get warm. See, before the ship ever sank, God had planned a, a, a refuge for them. God had planned safety for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you don't need to lose heart. That's why you don't need to lose your mind when things in your life start going wrong because to every problem, God has provision. To every problem, God has provision. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing how God can provide for you even without your help? Even without Paul's help, God provided for him. Even without his any help at all, God provided for him. Hallelujah. 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 And so the Bible says, as all the people on the boat gathered to shore, and they built this fire, and they built this, they started getting them dry. They started gathering them together. Paul being the man that he was, Watching these people of Malta gather the sticks to build the fire. The Bible says in chapter 28 that Paul reaches together a bundle of wood to put onto the fire. And as he gathers the wood to the fire, the Bible in the next chapter over, read it, says that a viper, a snake, bites him on the hand. I don't know about you, but have you ever been to the place where you thought, God, if one more thing happens. See, it wasn't enough that he was already standing trial in Rome just days away. It wasn't enough that he just lost the ship, had been abandoned by his countrymen, his friends that ostracized him and criticized him wasn't enough that he just made it through the night weary and tired and hungry and cold. But now just as he reaches safety, just as he reaches a place that he thought, I finally, I've made it. I, I think I'm finally going to catch a break. Just when things start looking up, Renita, just when things start coming together, my God, he gets bitten by a venomous, deadly snake. So there he is. He's throwing the wood on the fire, but the Bible says it just doesn't bite him, but it hangs onto his hand. It just keeps pumping venom. By this venomous, deadly snake. And when he gets bitten, now watch this, the countrymen, the citizens of this island built him a fire and help him to get warm and dry it off as they approached. But now he gets bit by a serpent. And suddenly the Bible says, now they start yelling, he must be a murderer. 
Notice how their opinions changed. How many know people's opinions of you will change based on your situation and circumstance? Because people are fickle. People are like that. They're, they'll like you today and hate you tomorrow. So they start saying, he must be a murderer. Oh, oh my. And they started sort of walking backwards, distancing themselves from him. He, 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 for this to have happened, he must be a terrible person, right? And then suddenly, the Bible says that Paul shakes off the serpent. And he just doesn't shake it off. But the Bible says that Paul shook it off into the fire. He shook it off into the fire so that it could be consumed by the fire. Consumed by the fire, never to return. Thank you, Lord. And once again, the Bible says that the opinions of the people of the island of Malta change. Oh, their opinions changed again. Aha. Uh-huh. And suddenly they thought, oh, this is a miracle. Not only did he not die from the snake, because he should have died. They've seen people die from the snake. But he, he shook it off on the fire and he did not die. And so just like people do, they started gossiping and telling everybody. Word started spreading about this guy who had lived through a shipwreck who had lived 14 days without food and without water and he, he, he had endured it all and then he had made it to land. He got bit by a snake and then he lived and he shook it off in the fire. Word started spreading. And don't you know that this is how God is? That word started spreading faster than, than Paul was traveling. So Paul, as, as they got done in Malta and they started heading once again to pick up their journey to head to Rome and as they are on their journey, the leader of a city hears about Paul and hears about the miracles and comes up to Paul as they enter the next city. And this man is an unbeliever. He said, I've heard about you and I've heard about your miracles. I don't believe in your God and I don't believe in your miracles, but my father is sick. Notice I said, earlier how God will put your pain on display to teach others about who he is. He said, I don't believe in your God and I don't believe in your miracles, but my father is sick and he's dying. Will you come pray for him? Paul being the man that he was said, yes, tell him I'm on my way. So Paul journeys to his father's house. Paul uses the same hand that he got bit by the viper to pray for the man who is sick and dying and the Bible says that that man is healed and recovers immediately he's healed and recovered immediately Paul was able to do the work of the Lord because he shook off what tried to take him out Paul was trying to what was able to continue on and do what God had destined for him to do. See, God already knew that that man would be in the crowd and God already knew that he would pray and heal that man. God had designed it all. 
And the reason God had designed it all was because when, 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 when Paul shows up, there were thousands of people on the island of Malta. There were thousands of people that, that were assembled around in that very city where Paul lays hands to heal that, that man's father. There were, there were thousands of people that then eventually assemble outside the courthouse in Rome. When Paul goes to stand trial in support and praying, let not one let him not spend one day in jail for his crimes because of the miracles that he had been performing because of the God that they had that he had introduced them to are you hearing what I'm saying I, I, I want to just stop right here there, there, there's more of the text that I want to get to but I'm going to stop literally right here because I believe there are people within this room that the Lord is saying to you today there are some things in your life that God would need you and wants you to shake off that's why I said earlier, shake off those vipers. Maybe there are vipers that you need to shake off. Maybe there are things of your life and things from your past that you're allowing it to be a, a, a just a recording playing over and over in your mind. Maybe there are people in your life that, that they just keep being that broken record and you need to, need to shake it off. Maybe there are just things that are contaminating your life that you need to shake off. And you don't need to just shake it off, but you need to shake it off into the fire. Paul shook the viper off into the fire to be consumed by the fire. And then there are some of you that you were just like the verse that when we read that you've been in the midst of the storm and you've just been approaching the shore. And that's what today is. This is God saying, come on. I'm going to help you gain your stability. I'm going to help you to get to a good place. But don't, don't, don't be naive in thinking that doesn't mean there's not another storm coming. It just means take courage and be encouraged by the fact that He is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is with you always. And just like Paul, He ordered the steps of Paul. Look at all the trauma that Paul had been through, and we only scratched the surface. There's so much more. And yet every step of the way, in the good and the bad, in the, in the shipwreck, in the snake bite, in all of it, God was with him. Every step, every part of the journey. I want you to know today, hold on. God is with you. God is with you. Hold on. If you only have pieces left in your life, I want you to hold on. If you are completely broke right now, I want you to hold on. If you're going through relationships that have been exploded into pieces, hold on. If you don't know where you're going to live next, hold on. If you don't know how you're going to get to work this week, hold on. If you don't know how you're going to put gas in your tank, hold on. Come on, somebody, hear me. If you don't know what the doctors are going to say, hold on. See, I, I'm at that place right now. There is so much uncertainty, so many things going on around me. I'm literally hanging on to pieces, but all I know is what God gave me the word for today. Hold on. Whatever it is I can grab a hold of, I'm just going to hold on. I'm going to hold on because I know that my steps are ordered of the Lord. I know that they're, 
I know that there is a shore that is approaching according to what God said. And I know that when, when I see the shore that I'll have stability again. I know that there's stability just, just soon to be underneath of my feet. That is the word of the Lord for somebody today. So whether you are the one that's in the storm approaching shore or you're the one that's already made it to shore and you need to shake somebody off, something off, or maybe even somebody, this word is for you today. for you and the reason God wanted me to preach it is because he wanted you to know that he knows exactly where you are exactly there is nothing happening in your life that is a surprise to him that he didn't ordain and allow He knows right where you are. He is in this place right now to minister to you, to strengthen you, to touch you, to help you. That's what we're going to do right now. In this place. If you have the ability, can you stand to your feet today? My God. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Watch this. If I was preaching to you today, I'm going to keep it real simple. But I believe today we need to lay hands and pray for some people. So we're going to take a couple minutes. If this word was ministering to you, if you say, yes, God knows where I'm at. He's speaking to me today through this message. Don't wait. Don't tarry. Just come. Because we want to lay hands and pray with you. And I might have to be, I might need some help from some folks. In a See, this word's speaking to me. I, I needed to know that he knows where I am. I needed to know that he sees me where I am. I, I needed to know, don't, don't wait, don't tarry. We're not funny. We're not trying to do anything weird, but I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be empowered when you leave this place today. I, I, I want you to be able to be encouraged today by it. I, even if you don't understand why you're coming, just come. If you just feel the Holy Spirit tugging on you, maybe some of you were crying and you don't even understand why, then don't wait. What that is is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Hallelujah. Quickly, quickly. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. That's it. Reverend Renita, I'm going to have you come. Brandon, I'm going to have you come. Get in behind these people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Cynthia, will you come? Just get in behind them. Hallelujah. Start praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. knows where you are. He knows you've been in. Think about it. He knows you've been thrashing water. He knows you've been in the storm of your life. But he brought you to shore. He brought you to shore. He brought you to where you are to let you know he loves you enough to say I see you 
just take a moment just before we pray. And I want you to consider that. Consider that you were out in the middle of the ocean on a ship and the, an angel came to tell you that, that the ship is about to be destroyed and you were going down in the midst of the storm, but you won't. there'll be no loss of life. Imagine what it feels like then in that moment when you finally see the shore. I kind of feel like I'm preaching to myself. Some of you may understand that are up here where, where you are so in the, in the depths of the storm. And when you finally make it through the night, not, not really knowing or believing that, that even though God spoke and he said there'll be no loss of life, that, that sometimes you and I can doubt God, that sometimes you and I can doubt that what he said was true for me. I, I know what that is. Some of you that are yours up front here and you know what it is to doubt the word of God for you. That, but did he really mean that for me? I hear what the preacher is saying, but did God really mean that for me? Yes, he did. And that's why God said he wants you just to look up and realize you were approaching the shore, that you were approaching safety. And that everything that he promised you is within reach. It's within reach. It's within reach. It's within reach. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's within reach. Hallelujah. It's within reach. It's within reach. Hallelujah. It's within reach. It's within reach. It's within reach. reach. Hallelujah. Lois, come, just leave it go. Just come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. see you making it to the safety of the shore. You may have been in a season where you felt like you haven't had your footing or you felt like you've been sort of like a fish out of water and you, you just haven't had your footing. You haven't had any certainty. You, you, there's even been uncertainty, but the Lord is bringing to a place of st stability and certainty in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I thank you right now that you're bringing her to the, to the safety of the shore. The safety of the shore. The safety of the shore. Safety of the shore. Touch her. God, allow this to be a moment of breakthrough. 
a moment of a complete breakthrough. Allow this God to be a moment of just thrusting forward and beyond everything that has 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 hindered her and tolerated and, and been that Lord she's had to tolerate in her life. And God, let this be a moment as she approaches the shore that every entanglement, everything and, 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 and situation that has attached itself to her, the Lord, she could shake it off in the fire. Lord, she could just shake it off in the fire. Every viper, every every spear that Lord has even been a viper in her life that has tried to tried to poison her spirit and tried to poison who she is and God what you're trying to do to her we just shake that off in the name of Jesus Father do it now do it now God as only you can as you bring her to the shore as you bring her towards the fire God we shake off and we do we we declare decree and we declare God everything that has entangled and attached itself that's not of you be gone in the name of Jesus release itself shake it off shake it off Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it
awesome. You're awesome. So awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm grateful and thankful for His goodness, His mercy, His love, His compassion. Hallelujah. He loves you, friend. He loves you. He sees you. I want you to take this word this morning and allow it to minister to you through this week. Allow it to be a hope and a strength to you when you might need it. Those of you that aren't in a storm yet, you might be, you might be head dead ahead. And you don't even know. You can take this word and use it to guide your course to the days ahead. I'm gonna, we're going to close in prayer in just a moment. I'm going to ask for everyone needed to come and pray. Make sure you got your calendars, your bulletins that they were given out as you came in. If you didn't, get it on your way out. We love you. We appreciate you. Just be in prayer this week. Be in prayer for one another. Be in prayer for the people that are absent today. Be in prayer for me this week. And love on one another today as you leave. Father, we thank you so much. Father, you are so worthy of our praise, our honor. God, you see beyond. Father, you even still hear the unspoken request that didn't even get spoken because you've heard them in heaven. You heard our calls. You heard our cries. You said while we were praying, you answered us. In Job, you said you answered us in a whirlwind. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for our pastor. Please be with him, Father God. Please uphold him, Father. And Lord, let us not forget the miracle that you did today. When we leave here, don't let Satan steal the victory that you gave us today. God, let us lay hold to it and let us walk in it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.